This is a quote from American author, educator, and activist Parker Palmer. Our world, he says, is in desperate need of leaders who live what Socrates called an examined life. So this would be a good place to ask, what is an examined life? And what distinguishes an examined life from an unexamined life? Loved ones, what's going on? I'm Bruce, and this is A Bigger Story. So Parker Palmer, among many other things, is the founder of the Center for Courage and Renewal, which in the center's own words, exists to nurture deep integrity and relational trust, building the foundation for a more loving, equitable, and healthy world. I got to tell you, a place called the Center for Courage and Renewal that has a reason for existing like that, I think they deserve our attention. In his book, On the Brink of Everything, Parker Palmer writes, Our world is in desperate need of leaders who live what Socrates called an examined life. And then he continues, and I think this is really good, in critical areas like politics, religion, business, and mass media, too many leaders refuse to name and claim their shadow because they don't want to look weak. With shadows that go unexamined and unchecked, they use their power heedlessly in ways that harm countless people and undermine public trust in our major institutions. And then he says, if you value self-knowledge, you will become leaders we need to help renew the society. But if for some reason you choose to live an unexamined life, I beg of you, do not take a job that involves people. That's Parker Palmer from On the Brink of Everything. So we could just bask in that wisdom and the moral gravity of that idea, which would really be just fine. I actually thought about reading the quote, saying thank you and inviting you to tune in next time. But let's ask those questions again. What exactly is an examined life and what distinguishes an examined life from an unexamined one? And Parker Palmer touches on what an examined life is in the quote. He describes it as a willingness to examine the shadow parts of ourselves. The way I'd put it is that an examined life is one in which we look inward to consider those parts of ourselves that keep us from being grace-filled toward another. Grace-filled, meaning being filled with a willingness to make space for another, to put a charitable construction on what another says or does, knowing that if we experience someone else as especially problematic or extra, as some like to say these days, that it's probably for a good reason we're not privy to. So that's what being graceful towards another looks like. And since I tend to go off on these sidebars whenever I drop an idea, I think might need some extra explaining. Let me go back a little bit. An examined life is one in which we look inward to consider those parts of ourselves that keep us from being graceful toward another and to put a charitable construction on what others say or do, knowing that if we experience someone else as especially problematic, that it's probably for a good reason that we just don't know about. Another way to say it is that we look inward in part to figure out how we can avoid making our own ego needs dominant over the legitimate ego needs of another. Twelve steps call all of this taking ruthless inventory. An unexamined life turns away from those interior places of hurt, pain, shadows in ourselves. And when we do that, we end up always at deeper risk of continuing the cycles of hurt and pain. If you or anyone you know has ever been involved in the 12-step recovery movement, maybe you've heard the phrase, hurt people, hurt people. 
Richard Rohr, and if you've been listening for a while, I should get a dollar every time I mention his name, I'd be rich. Richard says it this way, pain that isn't transformed is transmitted. Pain that isn't transformed is transmitted. And part of the work of examining our lives is to transform and not transmit pain. So someone asked me recently, is that interior work of examining our lives ever finished? And the answer is, yeah, no. That work is never finished. And that's why I believe some kind of regular spiritual practice, ideally engaged in community with others, is necessary for most of us. You'd think that churches would be that kind of community, safe community, within which to do that kind of work alongside other people. And some churches are, but sadly not enough know how to do that, and certainly not in a context of safety, emotional safety. That's why people turn to 12-step meetings like AA or Al-Anon. It really does help to have some kind of loving, grace-filled, healthy community within which we can be on that never-ending journey of an unexamined life with other travelers doing the same thing. And again, I always want to make clear, if you know a church or synagogue that measures up that way, that's great, and you should stick with those people when you find them. Sadly, most churches, I'm afraid, have a ton of work to do along those lines. But that's not the main point. The main point is that on this side of the dirt, the work of self-examination is never finished. As I record this episode of A Bigger Story, I am five days away from my 60th birthday, and I had hoped that as I got older, I'd be able to enjoy the luxury of having completed that work of examining my life and having more things figured out. Not only am I learning that that's not the case, I'm learning something almost the opposite. As we embark on the second half of life, which I did over a decade ago, unless I managed to live to 120, in the second half of life, there is an opportunity to more and more detach from our ego needs and make more progress toward being more grace-filled and more helpful and to make more space for others. Now, there's a paradox in here because making progress is ephemeral. We take two steps forward, one step back, even as we age and become allegedly more mature. So what we learn is in addition to being more grace-filled toward others, we need to learn more and more how to be grace-filled towards ourselves. Why? Because the spiritual progress we make in life is never a steady upward line. It's filled with peaks and valleys, kind of like the jagged line of an EKG printout. But examining our lives as part of a regular spiritual practice, doing the inner work, can smooth those peaks and valleys a bit, make them a little less jagged. And this, by the way, is why intergenerational community is important. Think about it. If we actually manage to pull off the gathering together of authentic, caring community that's also intergenerational, what we end up with is some in the second half of life who are effectively doing and modeling that interior work of an examined life, and that modeling can be shared with and noticed by those still in the first half of life. And at the same time, the joy, wonder, and energy of first half of life people can rub off on a second half of life people, and all of that can be very mutually contagious. Now contrast that with a community comprised of elders who haven't figured out to detach from ego, but instead feed their ego need for control 
and by doing that, drive younger people away. And this is a real problem, a big problem for most churches. If it wasn't, I don't think there'd be a need for podcasts like this one. So we, all of us, make glorious progress and have stunning setbacks, often right to our last breaths. The examined life helps us become more comfortable and at peace in that reality. And you may have noticed, like I have, that our society right now is marked by anxiety and conflict. Just imagine what it would be like to spend deep time, deep, meaningful time, with a community of people of various ages who are working through their anxiety together, learning to be more grace-filled toward each other together, and in the midst of it, all together, learning ways to share with each other very large helpings of comfort and peace and joy and even love. That would be a bigger story, a bigger story very much worth living. Thanks for listening. Stay in touch. Bruce at brucecole.tv. A new episode daily every Monday through Friday. Remember you are loved.